So welcome everybody to another episode of the Scottish Property Podcast. My name's Nick Ponte. I'm here with Stephen Clark. How are you doing, Stephen? Morning, Nick. Good and ready to go with this subject. This is what everyone likes to talk about, isn't it? Will the property market crash in 2021? Everyone starting out or looking to invest and always worried in a you know in a hot market they're in right now. As the as the crash going to come soon, and are they buying too high and going to be stuck holding the baby? So yeah, this is this is quite a hot topic right now, isn't it? It's a question on everybody's lips and so many people are just sort of stuck in this kind of no man's land at the moment. Like, what do I do? You know, should I hold? It pops up on the group all the time. Is this a bad time to buy? Because people are worried, obviously, of a potential crash because they believe that prices are overinflated at the moment. But we're going to, what we're going to do is, first of all, we're going to have a look at the recent budget announcements by Rishi Sunak last week. Um, and we're going to have a look over the kind of key points of that. And how could they transfer through into the property market and how it might affect prices moving forward as well? Then we'll give our take on what's going to happen. Now, obviously, we should say here right from the start that this is only our opinion. We don't have a crystal ball what's going to happen. So take this for a pinch of salt. Yeah, and probably don't listen to me because I'm pretty much sure I've got it wrong every time I've invested, when I've sold, when I've bought, when I've held. Um, So, yeah. It's, it's, it's completely our personal opinions. But this is what I quite like about you, Stephen, right? Because you don't really get caught up in all this, too much of this stuff and the news headlines and all that, which is what I really do quite like. You don't let really that influence your decision too much. You just look at the numbers, look at the deal, and if it fits for you, then you move forward. Yeah, but you've influenced me, and I did actually listen, <laughs> listen to the budget announcement this year for the first time. So um, you ha- you are having, I don't know whether a positive or negative influence, we'll, we'll soon see how this pans out. Well, there is a kind of, you know, people will say, well, why bother getting caught up in this stuff? Because it's out with your control. But mm-hmm. generally, you do hear a lot of the gurus saying that because they don't want you to hold back because they want you to go and spend the money on the courses so mm-hmm. they can get you to all... Um, but I, I do kind of like think that it's quite important to get a solid kind of understanding, especially if you're starting out, about how prices are affected and what can affect them. I, I think it's just good. And I've learned a lot. I'm no expert by any means. But just since the COVID coronavirus pandemic started, I have started like reading a lot more about the economy and, you know, interest rates and inflation yeah. and all that. I think I think it particularly it's probably particularly more important for an investor starting out on their journey because if, if they don't buy right and they buy right now at a uh, market that's a way to fall, then it's probably going to halt their, their progress, like probably bring their, their property investment journey or career to a complete halt with one deal. Whereas if you know guys are more experienced in buying and holding the longer term or if you bought a, a low market, you can ride out a storm and you generally can't buy wrong on an upward market. But right now, where we're at right now, um, it's probably the opposite. You also, you'll hear a heck of a lot of people talking about this 18-year property cycle as well. Now, if it was like you were able to predict on an 18-year property cycle the right time to buy and sell, then you'd obviously, you know, property would be an easy game, but it's not quite as simple as that. And the thing about it, when you listen to the guys talking about 18-year property cycle, that's very much a kind of national average as well. All the data is kind of take to, uh, uh, all the data is compiled over the UK average and as we know, you know, because we're in Scotland here, there's a lot of different little kind of niche markets as well uh, where there's opportunities. And we've talked about it plenty of times before, like Aberdeen, when things were doing really well in 2014, all over the rest of the country, Aberdeen was crashing. So 
I don't think you can really take the 18 year property cycle as a kind of, you know, a certain in your localized market. Yeah, and I think I think probably one of the reasons why I don't pay attention to the news as much as well, because I, you know, like you say, you just you pay, you focus on the numbers and you focus on buying right in the first place, and then you can ride out whatever storm and waves comes your way. But I think the thing that makes me a little bit more relaxed about it is you always see an effect happening in London, Manchester, the main cities in England, and then it then it transpires up into the the, the Scottish bigger bigger towns and cities. So I always think that we've got a bit of a buffer against everyone else. If you see national headlines happening that market prices are falling. Uh, something in Manchester or, or London, we can prepare for it. You know, we've probably got a little bit of buffer to go, shit, time, time to exit or time to uh, move or time to buy or time to hold, whatever it may be. Definitely, right. Okay, so let's just move it forward a little bit and get to some of the main points of the budget. Uh, we're live on Facebook here, guys, so any comments and questions or any opinions, let's try and keep the politics out of it and let's just try and focus on the facts and how we think it's going to affect the property market. Um, so just file them in the comments on Facebook and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll raise them as well as we get, we get along to it. So, so we're talking the budget. So how's, how's that affecting us as property investors, right? So there's a couple of key points that we picked out. So I, th- I think there's probably four key points. Do you want to kick us off, Stephen? Or... Yeah, so the first one that was, um, was announced that was a big thing for me was the furlough scheme was extended to September 2021. Yeah. So that was an extension of what, just about six months? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it keeps getting extended, doesn't it? <laughs> so, mm. God knows how long it'll probably get extended again as well. But obviously, this has helped landlords hugely because obviously, if you've got tenants in that are on furlough, then they're still getting 8% of their salaries paid. The self employed people are getting a huge amount of help as well. So, this helps obviously your tenants which transfers to you as landlords, which means you're still, most people are still getting paid rent and rent arrears are actually very small across my portfolio of the letting agency, over a hundred properties. I think we've probably got about, well, there's only two serious cases of rent arrears. The rest are actually, you know, small amounts that are going to be able to pay back uh, over payment plans. So, so that has been a huge help uh, there. Moving on. And, and that was one of the biggest announcements that, that hit me straight away that made me kind of think about, well, the property market crashing in 2021. And it, it probably put my, it changed my opinion quite a lot because the government is propping up with all these um, bounce back loans, stamp duty holiday down in England, the extended furlough, um, all this kind of support to the, the, the travel and tourism industry and the hospitality industry. Um, yeah, I think it's just kind of, we're getting propped up by a lot of government funding right now. And that was the first big one that, that I thought, yeah. Uh, this crash is not coming soon anyway. Yeah, well, I think obviously there's a huge bill to pay. The COVID-19 pandemic you know, bill where basically the government have put out all this stimulus. I think it's over What's 400 that? billion pounds. I thought, I thought the last one I had was 280 billion, yeah. So it's gone, up since, it's gone up since then and it'll probably rise to about three quarter of a trillion by the end of it. But I mean, it's crazy numbers. I mean, the numbers almost become like... Un- comprehensible basically i mean it's the the highest debt and since i think world war ii or something like that so all this money obviously needs to they need to try and recoup some of it somehow so there was a lot of people kind of fearing this budget but on the whole property investors have actually come out pretty well um yeah what, what was your next biggest thing from the the chancellor's budget announcements that, that you, well, did well, you what, picked up on one of the kind of sneaky things that, that he did, uh, which it, it was there wasn't really a big headline from it, but 
basically uh, they freeze the kind of personal allowance threshold so you can earn up to £12,500 tax-free. You won't pay any tax on that amount and afterwards you pay income tax. Uh, But they've, they've frozen that. So usually it goes up, the threshold goes up each year usually in line with inflation, you know, 2%, 3%, whatever it is. Uh, but they've frozen that until 2026. So, I mean, that's just not, um, that just doesn't apply to property investors. That's for everybody. So that's how they're trying to claw a lot of the, the money back in that way, which is a, a bit of a sneaky way, and it doesn't create a huge headline. Uh, but one of the, the bigger ones for the, the property. Cor- the corporation tax was going to go up for, to was it 25% for businesses earning over £50,000 profit, was it? Yeah, so this is the kind of a major one. Like, for- did I get that right then? You did, mate. Holy shit, you have got an influence on me. <laughs> You're definitely picking stuff up here. So what they're proposing to do, if you look at the detail, it's actually not too scary because uh, basically what they've said is, Companies that are profiting under £50,000 a year, then they won't be affected. It will stay at 19%. So I actually thought to myself, how does that translate if you've got a property portfolio that you're buying in a limited company? So if you're making on average a £300 a month cash flow and you take that over the course of uh, 12 months, £3,600. I think by the time you multiply that by, I think it's about 13 properties. Mm-hmm. If you're cash flowing 300 a month, then you hit about 50,000. So you would need to have an excess of, you know, 13, 14 properties in your portfolio to really be affected by these rises. And even then, between 50% and 250, sorry, between 50K, 50 grand a year and 250 grand a year profit, there's then a rising scale from 19% up to 25%. And then after, only after the £250,000 a year profit, then you get taxed at the full 25%. Oh, does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, that was well broken down as well to to how it affects property investors, like you say, on, on single units at £250,000 a month cash flow and how many properties that would look like and how that would affect you. So yeah, from for investors with a smaller portfolio in the limited company, it won't, it won't affect them at all. Yeah. One of the questions that was asked on, on our Facebook group was, you know, could you potentially, you know, buy in different companies? So say you've got 13 properties that cash flow £300 a month, could you then get just start up another limited company? But I don't think, personally, I don't think that would work. I'm no accountant, so don't quote me on this. Obviously, check that out with your accountant, but I, I can't see it being as simple as that. Do you know what I mean? Spreading over different companies. Um, yeah, I yeah. think of, yeah. So one of the, bigger, the biggest things that I noticed as well was uh, the capital gains tax. It was There was a lot of talk about it being increased and it wasn't mentioned at all. So is that frozen? Is that staying still? Yeah, so capital gains tax from memory, I think it's 18% if you're in the lower rate and, ta- taxpayer. And 20 if you're higher. 28. So yeah, so basically, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, if you hold a property in your personal name, uh, and it's not your main residence, and you go to uh, sell that property, and there's been an increase in value, then obviously you have to pay 18% on the difference of when you bought the property to when you sell the property. So that profit over time, you do get an allowance, you do get a yearly allowance on that. 
Yes, about twelve thousand pounds, isn't it? Twelve thousand four hundred, I think it is. Now. Yeah, and we'll not get it until the ins and outs. But this was one of the things that was widely talked about in the press that this was, was going to happen in the budget, and everybody was really shocked, surprised that they, he didn't touch it. He didn't. He left it alone. But a lot of people are you, saying, so "Do you think that'll affect the, the property market? Do you think landlords will probably try, some landlords might sell out parts of their portfolio or the ones they want rid of because of it's not being announced and it's not going up at the moment? They might know that it may be coming in the future." There's a lot of commentators that are saying that he's, he's just basically he couldn't. He, he had to hold some back basically because we're still in the depths of the pandemic and because a lot of people are still struggling to hit everybody with all these things at the one time would be pretty catastrophic so a lot of people are saying that this will happen a lot of the commentators and the experts economists are saying this is inevitable it will happen later down the line uh, but for just now he's not going to um, affect it and basically what they were saying is that the, the way they think it's going to work is so instead of 18 percent on the lower rate what they'll do is they'll, they'll raise it um, in line with your income tax, so 20% or uh, 40% uh, income tax, they'll raise the, the the levels of the capital gains tax. So if it's 18%, it'll go to like 20%. If it's uh, 28%, it'll go to 40% and so on. And what they're saying as well is potentially where they're going to rake in uh, more taxes, they're going to reduce that allowance. What did we say around about? £12,000 for the capital. grand, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things was they're going to uh, decrease that amount, that allowance, so that it's only like £2,000 or something like that, so that then they can claw in more money. In terms of how that's going to affect the market, personally, I was thinking, if people are thinking that it really is going to happen down the line, then that might spur buy-to-let landlords on just now to exit some of their... Uh, portfolio that they were thinking about selling it might make them rush a bit quicker to the market to to offload because they're thinking well this might happen next year's budget do you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, and and right now with the market being so hot it doesn't make sense to offload a couple of the properties that you you don't want or aren't performing as well as you'd liked in your portfolio yeah and obviously this is the benefit of investing in uh, your company you know so if you're investing in a limited company then you don't pay Capital gains tax, you know, you're only paying tax on your profits. So on we go to stamp duty freeze. So this is the next point. So I think there's so many YouTube channels, podcasts, um, and Instagram pages that people are picking up these headlines for. From most of them are kind of based down England. That's how we kind of differ with Scottish Property Podcast. We keep an eye on all the stuff that's happening in Scotland. And one of the big things that people are talking about in the moment is this stamp duty freeze down in England. Now, you know, it started last year. They've just extended it with the announcement of the budget. Um, we had it in Scotland as well, but it was quite different. So if we look at the detail, um, in England, they had uh, up to £500,000 purchase price. There was a total uh, nil rate of stamp duty being paid for purchases. In Scotland, we had up to £250,000. Nothing was paid up to £250,000. Now, this didn't affect uh, setting home purchases, or as we call them, um, you know, uh, buy-to-let properties, you know, setting homes, because you're still paying your 4% additional dwelling supplement, and down in England, they only pay 3%. So the people were still having to pay that. 
but they were able to save. And in down England, if you're saving up to £500,000 on a property purchase, you're actually, they're saving up to about 15, 15 grand. So it's a huge, huge thing. And obviously the down England, they were saying, well, if we stop that, the property market's going to fall off a cliff. There's going to be loads of people losing out. Sales are all going to fall through. So that's why they've extended it. So down England, they've extended it till the 30th of June in Scotland. So this was what happened. This has caused like a total uproar. And there was a big debate on on the Facebook group as well, because in Scotland, our finance secretary, Kate Forbes, I think it is, she announced that there was going to be no extension to our, uh, we call it LBTT, uh, Land and Buildings Transaction Tax uh, holiday period in Scotland. So we ended it on, uh, well, no, we've not ended it yet. We're recording this. Um, what date is it today? The 9th of March. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're ending it in Scotland on the 31st of March. And then from the 1st of April, it'll go back to, uh, to normal, which... A lot of people were saying this, how is this fair? This is not fair. And then people started to get political and all the rest of it. And then if you look back on it, right, you could only actually save from between the value of 145,000, right? Because that's where LBTT kicks in. You start paying it from 145,000. And then the maximum was 250,000. So you only saved 2% on that, that part. So it actually only translated to about £2,000 worth of savings. For a first-time buyer, that's quite a bit. But from our point of view as investors, it's not really a huge amount. And most investors are probably purchasing in Scotland underneath £145,000 anyway. So again, it's not really had a huge impact. And a lot of people saying that, Mm -hmm. do you know what? It was never needed in the first place because there was a shortage of supply coming on the market. There was still that demand. What's your view on that, Stephen? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it affected us in Scotland much at all. Um, it wasn't, uh, like you say, it's over one hundred and forty-five thousand pounds purchases, so I didn't affect. No, but do you think? Um, do you think it was needed? I don't think it was needed. Like, I mean, they say that this would kind of keep the buoyancy in the housing market, and this was the reason why they introduced this, and no. blah blah blah. But there just seems to be a lot of money in the economy right now. I don't know if it's if it's government propped up money or or what but yeah i don't think we really need it the market's still very buoyant right now and pretty much all the areas in scotland isn't it absolutely and one of the big reasons is there's most people who are considering putting the house on the market at the moment they're, they're probably holding on because the public perception is that probably it's not a good time to sell your house because people are you know, they just think people are not allowed out of their homes. Who's going to be looking at your property? You're not going to get the best price for your property. So that's why there's a shortage of supply coming on the market, which is the real reason why property prices are not going down and things are just spiraling out of control at the moment because there's still that demand from the likes of uh, us investors, from the likes of first-time buyers. Um, there seems to be still plenty of money out there. What's- Sorry, was one of the other announcements about the was it government-backed mortgages as well from the the budget? Ninety-five percent first-time buyer mortgages. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, this is one of the, the Boris Johnson announced this a while back, actually, at their party conference. So they, they want to basically create this whole generation uh, buy. So instead of generation rent, it's generation buy. You know, they want to get as many people on the property ladder as possible. Um, again, I'm not getting into politics, but 
this was what they said. And basically, it's, it's quite different from the, the help to buy scheme, um, which we do have a help to buy scheme in Scotland as well. But this um, 5% deposit, government-backed mortgage, so basically you can get 95% of the property uh, property value. What it is, is it's the government basically backing it. It's a guarantee backed by the government so that all the lenders basically sign up to it. So all the mainstream high street lenders will sign up for this. People are asking, oh, do we, you know, can we get this for buy to let as well? No, no, no. This just applies for, you know, your home, your residential mortgage. Um, so, basically to so, get- how, so how does this all affect the market? Because we put kind of predictions out when, when COVID kind of came in and we went in at lockdown back in March last year in 2020. And we all thought it was kind of coming to a crash and we've, we've both kind of made decisions and our investment and the projects we've been picking up based on what was happening in the economy. How with, it, with these recent announcements, what do you think is going to happen in this coming year in 2021? Well, let's just kind of, why don't we go through each individual kind of strategy or just skim through the strategies, you know, to see how it could affect depending on what you're doing in your property investing. So just talking about buy to let, you know, when you're doing your, uh, for example, uh, buy, refurbish and refinance property prices going up personally speaking i think they'll continue to go up this year i think this is the start of a real boom especially with this with these uh the, the mortgage lending is is easy going to get easier because during the pandemic a lot of the lenders took away their five percent deposit schemes and they went back to like 10 15 percent now they've basically government have come out and backed this. Now you're going to have all this lending, all this access to lending. There's going to be so many buyers out there. It's going to drag the prices up. For the buy-to-let properties, you're going to be competing with uh, first-time buyers. That's what I've found. When you're going out to view properties, there is a lot of first-time buyers. I generally buy, you know, one, two-bedroom flats and they can range up to £100,000. Uh, that's who you're competing with, and they're prepared to pay, you know, arguably more. More, and they're getting and they're getting mortgages very easily now as well. Yeah, and they're not bothered about making a profit, and quite often they'll be able to get a little bit of extra borrowing from like bank mum and dad if they have to go over and above the home report, say ten k or whatever. Then mm. sometimes they can get that 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 loan off their parents or whatever as well. Um, and you've also got the the First home buyer fund as well, which is another government that's in Scotland. That's another government backed scheme. They'll lend you up to 25% uh, of the purchase price and you only have to put 5% in. Uh, and you can get that on. See, it used to be like, I think one of the schemes was only new build houses you could do that with now, but you can do it with any. It's like you can do it with secondhand flats, whatever. So that's going to cause, again, more competition. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that the market's going to keep continuing. Um, a lot of government-backed money in the economy and, and, and you know, people are sitting with extra money in their pockets. So I think the economy is going to boom coming out of lockdown. You know, everyone's getting vaccinated. So I think that's going to just keep continuing the trend of the property market this year. So, What do you think about refinancing, by the way, before we move on, the, the refinancing and getting your end, you know, end valuations after you've done your renovations? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think like the if you're building a property portfolio right now, I think you, you could still buy. If you're buying for the long term and holding, then it doesn't matter what price you're paying ultimately, as long as you're buying right in the first place. So if you're trying to get a, like negotiate a discount, 
um, and you can get a discount and you can add the value to your innovation, then you're, you're still putting yourself in a good position. Um, and if you can cash flow and weather the storm if the market does drop, then it shouldn't be really affecting anyone buying at the moment. Um, the refinances, you could be paying a little bit more for your deals. You might not get the, the money back out at the six months point, but in, in a year or two when you're refinancing, um, you know, if the prices are keeping on rising, you could you could you could effectively get all the money back out in about a longer period of time. Yeah, personally, I'm I'm thinking about going this, down the strategy because I'm finding it very difficult to negotiate a discount and able to do you know a money in money out sort of thing after six months because you know it's very difficult to buy a discount just now. I'm thinking about well, let's just buy you know home report value or whatever. Maybe add a little bit of value here and there. Hold it for two years and then refinance or refinance after a couple of years, hedging my bets that the market's going to boom over the next couple of years. And again, that's just me adopting my what I think is going to happen. But I think there's a strategy there because you know I think values are going to are going to go mental. I think that's I think that could be dangerous if you're starting out and that was your strategy. You could end up getting stung. You've got a bit of a buffer, so if you if you end up leaving 15, 20 grand, 30 grand on a deal, as what it is, you can you can still continue. But if someone was starting out with that strategy, I think it's quite risky. I would I would really edge on the bet. So just fucking put. What's the what's the risk? What is the risk? <laughs> well, if if the market crashes come the start of twenty twenty two, and you've just bought at home report or above something, and you've and and the market decreases by even if it's 15 twenty percent, but if you've paid market value plus your ADS plus all your fees, you'll end up leaving your, your 25, 30 grand in it. Now, that's okay for you yeah. with a growing fund and a growing portfolio. But if someone was starting out and that was their only capital, they've just fucked that from deal one and they kind of keep continuing to grow their portfolio. Absolutely. So, so and then it depends, like you say, where you are in terms of your uh, you know, investment your, career or a journey. Aye. Aye. So if you're really yeah. relying on that money getting recycled to build your portfolio, then absolutely. For me, yeah. at this stage of the game, it's for the long term. So I'm not really too yeah. worried about if prices crash and when we say Yeah, if crash, you're holding that property for, for 20 years, then if you take a hit in the middle, it doesn't really bother you too much. But if someone's starting out with a pot and they f- they blow it in the one deal, that they're, they're not going to be able to continue. Um, I just think the principles always apply no matter what type of market. And I'm, I'm not one of the people that get sucked into there's no deals. I'm the one that people that say, get your fucking, put your big boy pants on and go and find some deals, do the work. Like, okay, it was easier four years ago, five years ago, granted, it's more difficult. Okay, do more work if you want the bigger deals. Now, you're in a different position because you've got a business and a family and other commitments, so you might not be able to find a deal. So you could, your strategy could tweak right now going in and say, I'm going to pay nearer market value because I don't have the time, effort, energy to do that extra work. But ah, if you're starting out, I don't think anything changes with the way the market's going. Just get educated on how to buy right in the first place. I have picked up on a few things, obviously just observing people from a distance and the people who have come on and commented on the group that are finding deals. I have noticed that people are finding them out with the kind of popular areas, if you like. Mm -hmm. So like get away from Glasgow because, you know, chances you find a deal in Glasgow very difficult. Look on the outskirts, like places like, you know, you picked one up down Ayrshire, you know, Ayrshire as well is quite villages. Yeah. Yeah, the, The wee kind of smaller villages um, you know, areas around, uh, you know, Paisley, I was going to say, like, I'm just talking about my area specifically, right? So, you know, if you go out in terms of, like, Johnston and stuff like that, you know, round of, you know, uh, Linwood, round about these kind of areas, it's going to be a lot less competitive if you go down to, you know, South Lanarkshire, Hamilton, Motherwell. Now, there's still plenty of people buying down there, but it's definitely easier. 
The only problem you've got to watch out there is, I've seen this in the last crash, people who are buying there at quite high values, some of the price has never recovered, you know? So things mm -hmm. crashed and they've still not come up to the value of what they were selling for in 2007, two, you know, 2006, 2007. That's the only thing to watch out for if you're, if you're kind of adopting that. That's an interesting observation because you're absolutely right. Um, picking up things in smaller towns and villages, you can, you, you're probably not competing with the masses. So you've got less competition and people are looking at a lot of it outside the box. But yeah, now nah, you're, you're absolutely right there. That you're sometimes, because they've not got a huge economy behind them, they don't quite recover as well as a city centre like Glasgow or Edinburgh um, or Dundee. So yeah, that's that's an interesting point. It could be an interesting strategy for people going forward as well. If if they can get in, get out, pull their money out, and they're looking for just cash flow and growing their portfolio, yeah. then that could be their strategy. But bearing in mind, you won't get capital appreciation like um, some of the deals at Nick's got in, in Glasgow. Yeah, because that's uh, that's exactly you hit the nail on the head there with the cash flow. If cash flow is your strategy and that's your main focus, then absolutely it's going to work. But uh, mm -hmm. you know, for capital growth, you really got to stay in these uh, in these popular kind of not metropolitan, but you know these these really kind of high in demand areas. Um, for, for the strategy for me right now, in my in my personal opinion, and especially in, you know in the in the hot areas, would be the big one for me would be flips. I know what you know. A lot of the, a lot of people that are listening are probably investors and looking to build a portfolio. But I like mixing different strategies in my property business. And for me, doing a couple of flip, flips a year is always like a good thing. Right now, if you put more of your focus and effort into flips, you could be building up the pot quite substantially right now because things are selling ridiculously over. So if you can mm. if you can finish this at you know a really really good product a high end product and sell you know get an inflated home report and sell over the inflated home report you could make yourself really really good profit on flips and if and if that was a case of banking the banking the profit going to do the next one banking more profit you could build up a nice pot right now waiting for the market to pop or the bubble to burst before mm. you start your portfolio that's something that um that that. I'd be keen on doing. Uh, and what type that. of properties are you are you kind of looking at? Because I know you've got a couple of flips on the go at the moment. Yeah, houses in a probably the hundred grand to two hundred grand range, not the the sub hundred grand. So, I, I, like you said, Nick, you're always competing with the first time buyers, and 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 I always feel like you can add so much more value to bigger properties or houses, detached houses or semi-detached houses, where you can, you know, open plan kitchen extensions up in an attic space and uh, do a bit more do a bit of configuration in standard houses or standard flats, you can't add a huge amount of value. You can only do a bit of cosmetic renovation, which is fine. You could you can get a, a lot bit of profit from it, but I think the bigger meteor profits are, and the less competitions in the, are in the higher end um, properties. And, and counter to that is I think that the, the that market's not going to get affected too much. You know, the 300 grand, 400 grand end values, I think the the, the, the economy and the, and the job position is quite stable at the moment. And, and these positions, all the lower end, um, jobs that are getting affected by far loan people losing their point. jobs. So, yeah, no, that's a good point. You know, not necessarily um, it's going to be home buyers that are going to be, you know, hitting the unemployment. So, when the furlough scheme does end, like you say, you know, you're probably going to be in that age range of like, you know, 18 to 24, working in hospitality, working in retail, that sort of thing. That's going to be the bulk of the, the, the unemployed, which is not really going to be your end buyer your, your your target market so you've been doing a couple of projects i love it i love that uh we've got one going on the go at moment joint venture uh shout out to your your partners as well uh so they've got you know you've got one yeah. going on 
the guys are doing a phenomenal job up in, up in Bridge Air at the moment. Yeah, it's uh, the roughing's almost complete. They put getting the steel in next week, the bifolds going in, the dormers getting done. So that'll start to go on to on to finish you soon. And then value is going to be we're, we're anticipating 400,000. So you know, it was, was kind of it was done on purpose um, to target that end of the market. That's what I thought I think is not getting hit as hard as um, or or could get as hit hard as a lower market if anything happens. It happens. Yeah, for sure. Definitely big demand for kind of nice family homes. Um, right, what other kind of strategies have we got? What about the SA Airbnb market? I, I feel that that's going to come back with a boom after, you know, people... I yeah, I think so as well. I completely agree with you. I think that's going to come back with a massive boom. Um, people are going to... I think they're going to be quite intimidated about getting the vaccine, getting this kind of vaccine passport to travel abroad, maybe even going abroad. Some people will, but I think people might go for the whole staycation in Scotland. Also, I think, you know, there will be some people that will be more nervous about staying in hotels because they're more crowded spaces. You know, they won't want the hassle of going down to breakfast and or going down to the bar or the restaurant and all the procedures and all that that come with social distancing and mask wearing. So, you know, I know personally I would rather take an apartment if I had to travel for business or something like that and I would just have my own space. Do you know what I mean? So... I think there's uh, there's good opportunity there. I'm actually kind of gutted that I got rid of all mine, and uh, you know I'm not there to kind of capitalise. But it still is a bit kind of risky. I would say there are there are yeah. risks. <laughs> yeah, I've I've always paid attention to the markets and, and popular kind of touristy spots. Uh, with the, the North Coast 500 routes uh, up in Scotland's becoming quite popular the last few years. Um, Aberfeldy, Pitlochery, areas like that. I've always paid attention to them for a for more for a per- personal. Um, goal of mine, which is to have a family ho- a family holiday home nearby that you know f- family and friends can utilise, and a bit of a, a social kind of lifestyle um, investment. But because of the, with the investor hat on, I've always kind of wanted to try and get a deal. But recently, I've noticed that there's just nothing that stays more in the market, like a day or two, and they're just gone, and they're gone silly amount over. So I think that that market's booming right now as well, and um, people are probably snapping up little cottages and flats and and uh, and more rural locations. Um, for, Interesting for that, that strategy. Be interesting to see what happens in Edinburgh because reports from Edinburgh say that there was a huge flood of SAs, service departments, Airbnbs back onto the the private rental sector. You know, just because people were had them empty, so they were like, right, we need to get tenants on them and bring some money in. So that's dropped rent prices in Edinburgh. They've plummeted in the city centre. So be interesting to see if they, you know, because what happens if you're a landlord, right, you get a tenant into your Edinburgh city centre property, you know, on a private, on a PRT, private residential tenancy agreement, you know, you can't just evict them like that or drop a hat to go back to SA. So that'll be interesting how people figure that one out. Um, Moving on. uh, So we've talked about flipping. We've talked about BRRR. uh, What about, you're thinking about commercial opportunities and commercial Maybe some of these retail yeah, spaces, some of these high street shops, or you know, at the end of the day, you think to yourself, well, okay, there's going to be a like, bit, a bit of, yeah, a bit of diversification on it as well for the investment strategies. But yeah, I think there's going to be more opportunities come our way in commercial investment rather than residential. Um, you think yeah. you were thinking along the lines of like, I mean, obviously everybody still needs a haircut. I mean, look at the state out here at the moment. Yours is not too bad. You had a COVID yeah. cut. Mine's just still recovering from its COVID cut. <laughs> but um, you know things like hairdressers are not going to go away, are they? Do you know what I mean? So maybe you know units no, like that. I, I think yeah, hair and beauty, makeup, um, aesthetic, aesthetics. Women are going to go daft for all that. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be 
huge demand and there'll be a boom, there'll be a lot of money to spend in the economy. But uh, I think if, if, if commercial landlords have had a hold of properties that have been empty or their businesses went bust or they've went, you know, they've, they've left, they're probably sitting there with a liability. And if they're motivated or to, to, to get it, there, there could be deals to be had. I've already seen a couple of deals. I'm, I'm, I'll give more details in it, but I'm looking like I'll be per- going ahead with my first commercial purchase at the end of next month. So I can awesome. get more details on that when I can That's good. go through I also like, I listen to Jerry, Ale- uh, Jerry Alexander a lot, who also has been on the on the podcast as a guest. And uh, he, I, I love his model of the shared office space. That's something mm. that would really interest me, especially now. I think that's going to be huge moving forward. But these big city centre office blocks, I don't think there's going to be a need for big companies to have this uh, real estate in the city centre. So I think they're going to be looking to cut costs. They might even give their employees like some sort of, uh, allowance, do you know what I mean? To get a shared office space in their own sort of area and their own geographic location. What are you laughing at? Yeah. I'm laughing at Noreen Boyle's comment on the Facebook Live calling us sexist because we could, she's obviously looking at us saying that we could do with some grooming. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's, she's I look, absolutely right. <laughs> I look like a total tramp. <laughs> I was calling Nick a hobo before we started, to be fair. So, yes, Noreen, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I had to say to Stephen that I had to go away and change my my, my top because I'd wear, been wearing the same hoodie for three days. So I was worried that somebody was going to pick up on it on the Instagram stories or something like that. Just, just on that, um, Grant Mitchell's also commented on their Facebook group, which we're live on, um, saying it's all all makes sense. I've heard other people saying uh, similar things. Um, if it didn't crash during the pandemic, it's unlikely to fall off a cliff when things start reopening and people start spending. So yeah, that's a that's a really, really good point as well. Oh, I think I think I mean that's the thing. The government need to make people start spending because mm. there's so much savings kicking about people's bank accounts. They've put all this money out there. They need to get that pumped back into the economy because they want they need to rely on that GDP uh, figure going up again. Mm. And this is why- the Bank of England not predict a you know a price crash because I, I think I remember hearing like sixteen percent kind of kicking about at the start of the pandemic. Um, and I remember we kind of predicted that we thought there was going to be a crash in 2020 towards the end of the year, but yeah. um, it didn't happen. The, the, the government's obviously stepped and propped it up, but at some point they've got to pull away the, the stabilizers and, and the support. And that's when I think it's going to go. And I don't think it's going to be this year. I think it could be next year. Um, well, you, you do kind of feel like there will be a bit of a wobble. I think there's going to be a bit of a wobble. I don't know if it's going to be the mid-cycle wobble if, you, wobble if you're referring to the 18-year property cycle, but I think we're getting propped up by too much government money. Um, I got an email through from my bounce-back loan as well, like they'll be paid, they need to be paid back and stuff like that. Um, so when that comes in, I don't, I don't know, I heard someone say they're getting, you can extend them and then you can increase the term. So there might be a lot of support that that maybe that might make that a little bit easier. But I think when people start paying all this back, the bounce-back loans and their, their stuff, and... Um, and we, we spend the initial boom and, you know, we go back to a bit of normality. I think, yeah, I think there might be something. Again, like I'm no expert, but what I've been reading is it all depends on, you know, interest rates as well, mortgage interest rates, right? So at the moment, record lows, talk of going into negative interest rates. And from my understanding, they're doing negative interest rates, possibly coming to obviously stop people holding the cash and to get that cash put back out there in the economy. Um, but then obviously from that, then inflation could start rising, and then I think one of the one of the tools to combat inflation would be to raise the interest rates. So if they start then raising the interest rates, 
then that means, you know, potentially we talk about higher interest rates and that has a negative effect on the property market. So potentially that could be a scenario that plays out in the future. Do you know what I mean? Um, just, yeah. just to kind of, we're, we're probably nearly wrapping up uh, this episode. We've covered quite a lot, but one of the things that I just want to touch on as well, we've, we get a lot of younger listeners, you know, people who really want to start out in the property and that, I think there's never been a better time at the moment, especially with this government-backed uh, mortgage scheme. By the way, they are talking about the interest rates being higher for these uh, 95% loan-to-value mortgages. So just watch out for that. And obviously, I think they're getting released in April time. But if you're a first-time uh, first buyer, you only need to get 5%. That's mm-hmm. not a lot of money to save up. If you want, I mean, the people spending, you know, five to 10 grand on a property course, do you know what I mean? Put that money, save yourself that money um, on the course education. Go spend on a fraction on mine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing you out of business here. Like, the Stephen's very much a different model, right? You are a very bespoke kind of workshop. I think you you give huge amounts of value for what you give on your workshop. So it's a totally different thing. I'm talking about these guys, you know, that take out their student loan and they basically piss it away on a 10 to 12 grand course, which basically mm-hmm. you could find out on YouTube of how to do it. Take that money put it as a 5% deposit and buy your first property. Just just do that. And you, that will be money well spent. Um, and it gets you there. It gets you on the ladder. Try and take a bit of money and then do the increase in value, the renovation works. Even hold it for a couple of years and rent yeah. out the spare room. Get a two-bedroom flat and rent out the room. Yeah, I think the first-time buyer strategy is a phenomenal strategy. Um, you're paying, like Nick was just saying, little deposit, and you've not got any capital gains, you've not got ADS, you've not got the fees that we've got in buying costs, um, you know, and, and your first property as well as a first-time buyer. A lot of friends and family will, will muck in and give you a hand and trade, you know. So you'll end up pulling your refurb costs down to, to you know, very little as well. So you've added the value. And like Nick says, rent, a, rent the spare room out, cash flow your pay, cover the cost in a couple of years' time, sell it. There's a, there's a profit. And it's also um, tax-free. It's capital gains free because it's your place of residence. So yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's a great time to get started in property, but just do it right with the right kind of education and the right mindset of buying right in the first place. So if, if we if we kind of do on a conclusion, Nick, do you think the property market is going to crash in 2021? Not a chance. There is absolutely no way. If anything, it's going to rocket. I mean, we're talking about prices going up 5% at the moment. I think you should be talking about 10% at this rate over the course of 2021. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. And personally speaking, uh, I don't think it's going to slow anytime soon over the next over the next kind of three, I would say three years. But again, take that with a pinch of salt and form your own opinions and check yeah, it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm going to go against the grain there and think that, yeah, come the end of the year, something's going to happen. The pent of demand, a lot of boom, the, the government back support, the, the, the kind of fake money that's in the economy, I think it's going to go, something's going to happen. Well, at least one of us is going to be right. So let's see what happens. But if you buy right, you're never going to lose and you're hoping for the long term. Well said. Talk talk from a a true professional there. So with that, guys, we'll wrap it up there. And uh, as always, if you find this useful, please share the podcast. Take a screenshot on your phone and tag us in it. And we'll put it out to our followers as well. Join our Facebook group and join in the discussion there. And thanks very much for listening. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Cheers.